0: This is The Rundown. Rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Live from the auction community studio for the next two hours. Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass. There's uh, a lot of football to talk about. We'll get into that. There's a big football game tonight in terms of playoff implications for the Arizona Cardinals. My fantasy week. Thank you. That's obviously what I meant to say. You know, that's a good point, though. I bet a lot of fantasy games come down to a Monday night game. Like, this isn't Jets-Patriots. This is Buccaneers-Rams. We got all that we can get into, but we got to start with basketball. The Phoenix Suns have essentially set their lineup for the upcoming season, which, by the way, starts... In less than a month. I heard Burns and Gamble make this point uh, earlier today, and it's, it's um couldn't be more true. It's not just the moves the Suns have made that are exciting. It's the fact that we get to see it play out in a month. We don't have to wait four or five months and get caught up in football for a while and kind of lose track of everything the Suns did like we would in a normal offseason. Instead... Instead of this all happening in, like, early July, and then you've got to go through July and August and baseball season, September, October, it's football, and then basketball season starts. It starts in less than a month. And these are legitimate moves. Like, if you've listened to this show for a while, and I guess this show's only been on for a couple years, but, uh, I mean, I think for the most part I've I've been pretty... um, Pretty unbiased when it comes to the Suns, more so than other teams. Like when people were going crazy, you know, oh, you you can't trade Josh Jackson; he's the next Kawhi Leonard, okay? Or like the DeAndre Ayton thing. I wasn't screaming that you draft Doncic, but I was very much screaming that you should at least be looking at the the European guy that everybody else in the country seems to think is is a legitimate number one pick instead of just on on you know NBA draft lottery night deciding it's Ayton. There's been a lot of times the Suns have done stuff in the last few years that I haven't liked. And I've said that on this show. So I hope the flip side is is now true when I tell you I'm very excited about this team. It should carry a little more weight than if I was just here every day saying, well, no matter what the Suns are doing, it's great. Because that's obviously not been the case. They haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. And the last few years in particular, maybe not so much last year. But there was a stretch from, like, what, 15, 16, 17, 18, where you're not just missing the playoffs. You're winning 20 games a year. And... You're drafting Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris, and, and you're just, it seemed to have no direction. And I know you can look at what James Jones has done if you go move by move and say, I don't understand why you would make this specific move or that specific move. But the bottom line is, he came in here with the job of revamping this roster and changing the culture of this team, and he's done it. Now, I mean, they still have to go out there and win games this year. I understand that. But there is now a buzz around this team, and it's not just local buzz. And local buzz is important, obviously. I mean, if you run a team, you want your fans to, to, to feel good about it, and you, you know, want everybody talking about your team locally to feel good about it. But there have been stretches over the last few years where this team didn't deserve buzz, and it was still getting it locally. Now they're getting it nationally. This is Kendrick Perkins. Uh, This is before they even finished all their moves last week.
2: The Phoenix Suns are a threat in the West. They're going to be a top five team. And Chris Paul one of the best point guards to ever touch the basketball, going paired up with Devin Booker, who's one of the best scores in today's game, is going to be serious. You got Devin Booker who could go for 50 on any given night, and you give him Chris Paul and take him off the ball when he's going to be able to get easier baskets and not have to work as hard.
1: Yeah, you look at the moves they made over the weekends, and I, I love the addition of Jay Crowder for what he is that's why you go out there and, and you make the moves you make a trade for somebody like Chris Paul because you're not gonna be able to get a Chris Paul in free agency but if you're intelligent you can get a guy like Jay Crowder who fits what you need in free agency so I like that addition I like a lot of the things that the Suns have done but they're not getting national buzz or hype like, hype like that from Kendrick Perkins because they went out and got Etwan Moore or Jay Crowder that's because you made the Chris Paul trade I'm sure some of it is because of what they did in the bubble as well. But when you hear Perkins right there, and, and I'm not trying to say Kendrick Perkins just discovered Devin Booker. He played against him, so I'm sure he knows a little thing about Devin Booker. But when you get that national perception and people are saying, because Devin Booker's a threat to go off for 50 any night, yeah, he was a threat to go off for 50 any night three years ago, too. It's now you've added Chris Paul. And I tell you the other thing that maybe gets lost in the shuffle a little bit but it sort of reinforces all of the enthusiasm around this team for me is Monty Williams. Here's one more from uh, from Kendrick Perkins.
2: So I'm looking at this Phoenix Suns coached by Monty Williams, and they are threatening the West. They are Denver Nuggets team that we saw this year and were shocked and surprise a lot of people, and don't be surprised if they make it to the Western Conference Finals and be competing with one of those L.A. teams, or should I say California teams, to go to the NBA Finals.
1: I'm not quite ready to put them in the Western Conference Finals this year. I mean, I like that it's a possibility. I'm not quite ready to put them there, but you got every reason to be legitimately excited about this team right now. And like I said, when I hear a quote like that, I'm like, okay, wow, <laughs> Kendrick Perkins is he's all in. But then I hear what he said at the beginning. You got a coach like Monty Williams. That's like, I, I do think Monty Williams is going to get the absolute most out of this team. You have these pieces now that you've put together. And I mean, if we really are going to run a starting lineup out there, that's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, with Cam Johnson coming in uh, as the sixth man, and then a bench that you know consists of Javon Carter and. Dario Saric and Jalen Smith and Etwan Moore and you know it's that's a good lineup. That's not you know that's that's not a lineup that is on paper going to win the title or anything. But that's a good lineup. And then the next step is of course translating that into actual wins. I have a lot of confidence in Monty Williams doing that. So we'll get back into the Suns here, and we're going to talk to Kellen Olson shortly to kind of we, we talked to him on on Friday to preview free agency. Now we can essentially put a bow on free agency, so that's coming up shortly as well. But right now, it's time for the Rapid Reaction. The Rundown. Rapid Reaction. reaction. Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. Well, we're going to start with ASU. And I I guess we'll start with college football. I mean, it's, it's, it's a similar story for both sports. College football... As of now, is still set to play Utah this weekend. I had seen a couple reports late last night that Utah was kind of like, should we be getting ready to play the Huskies this weekend? Because the Huskies are supposed to play Washington State, and that game's already been canceled this weekend. So uh, we'll see. As of now, ASU is still supposed to play Utah, but it's going to be pushed to Sunday if it happens. I mean, ASU hasn't played in a while. Utah just played their first game of the season on Saturday, so unfortunate for both schools, but uh, I mean, that is a game that we're all looking forward to. Hopefully, it's still able to happen. Uh, I got a We got the statement from Herm Edwards today saying that he is doing better, which if you follow ASU at all, if you follow Herm at all, I mean, that's as much as I want ASU to get out there and play again, it's a legitimately a bigger deal to me that Herm is doing well, and it sounds like he is, so that's, uh, that's, that's great news there. Cardinals, Getting set to take on the Patriots this Sunday. I would have preferred the Patriots beat Houston yesterday. Maybe coming here on a, you know, feeling a little bit better about themselves. I think that the Cardinals, top to bottom, are a better team talent wise than the Patriots, which feels so weird to say that about anybody and the Patriots over the last, what, 15 years? But you're going to be at a severe disadvantage when it comes to coaching this weekend. And that's not meant to be a knock on Cliff Kingsbury. I know some people are down on Cliff right now and I see the logic behind it to a certain extent. But I would also say he's coached what 26 NFL games right now. His team this season is 6 and 4. He does things he does some things really well. There's some areas he's got to work on, but I, as I've said before, he seems to have enough humility to realize he has to work on those areas instead of just being a stubborn coach that thinks he has it all figured out. And then the Detroit Lions win six games every year. Or, you know, hypothetically, if I was talking about Matt Patricia. But there's a lot of coaches like that that are just kind of like they figure they've got it all worked out and nobody can tell them what to do and they can't learn anything. And so they've already peaked as an NFL head coach. I don't think that's the case with Cliff. I think he's getting better. But when you're facing Bill Belichick, you can just go ahead and assume that even if the Cardinals are more talented than the Patriots, even if they beat the Patriots on Sunday... It's not going to be easy because you're going to get some looks from Belichick that you weren't getting from these other teams yet. So that's going to be a challenge. We'll get more into that, certainly, as the show tonight goes on. It'd be nice to know that Kyler Murray is 100% and, uh, and good to go. Monday Night Football, as I mentioned tonight, is a big one, not just around the league, not just big for Monday Night Football, that they have a better game than some of these other ones they've had over the last month or so. It's a big one for the Cardinals because you've got the Rams and the Buccaneers squaring off here in just a few minutes. Two teams that if you are... If you end up in the wildcard race instead of the division race, Tampa Bay is a team you're going to have to contend with because it's going to be really tough for the Buccaneers to catch New Orleans because not only does New Orleans already have a better record than them, they've also swept Tampa this year. So Tampa would have, have to finish a game ahead of New Orleans to win that division. So... As the Cardinals, if you're not winning the NFC West, Tampa is a team you're directly competing with for a wild card spot. Flip it to the other side, though, and this is where it gets difficult to decide who you want to win tonight if you're a Cardinals fan. If you're still in the running for the West, the Rams might actually be a better team than Seattle, although Seattle is currently in first place. But the Rams are, A, a team we haven't seen yet in person with the Cardinals, But be a a team that is—it's a pretty nasty defense, which really shouldn't be a shock with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So there's a lot on the line in this one tonight. You just kind of have to decide if you—if you think the Cardinals are going to win the division or going to be—you know—that's the race you're going for, then you want Tampa to win tonight. If you just want the Cardinals to get into the playoffs and have as good of a wild card seat as you possibly can, then you actually probably want the Rams to win tonight because you want Tampa to lose, but. I don't know either way LA winning is not good for the, uh, the Cardinals but one of them's going to lose. So I guess that's the uh, the glass half full approach. All right, when we come back. Just how important is this stretch run to the Arizona Cardinals even if they don't win the division? There's a lot of motivation to getting that top wild card spot. That's next. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station.
0: Keeping it live and local with Luke Lipinski on The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Well, you can always tweet into the show at Rundown987. You can tweet me at Luke Lipinski. Tweets Cody Fincher at Bear987. Cardinals are in an interesting spot this weekend coming up against the New England Patriots. Not that beating New England would, like, eliminate the Patriots. Only one team has been eliminated. By the way, did you see SportsCenter tweet out last night that the Jets have been eliminated in what is arguably the most useless tweet in the history? Oh, thanks
3: for (laughs) giving us a heads up.
1: (laughs) I don't believe it. I'm going to need to see more proof before I believe the Jets, who are 0-10, have been eliminated. Uh, The Cardinals cannot eliminate the Patriots by beating them next weekend, but if they do beat New England, that's probably it, realistically. The way it sets up right now, New England is tied for 10th in the AFC, which is crazy. Because even if we go to eight playoff teams, they wouldn't make it. And they're two games back of uh, the next teams in front of them. Had they won yesterday, they were playing Houston, they'd be 5-5, five and five, they'd be right there. I mentioned earlier I'd almost rather they had won because you know, now you're going to get an angry Bill Belichick and Cam Newton. But at the same time, maybe you're just going to get a despondent Cam Newton. We've seen that guy before. And it's not like the Patriots are right there knocking on the door of a playoff spot. So, I don't know. I mean, the bottom line is it's going it's to gonna come down to what the Cardinals uh, can actually do for themselves if they intend to make the uh, get the win this weekend and, and make a push back up the NFC standings. This is why it's important that they do. And I'm not, like, breaking some amazing news. Anybody could figure this out if they took a look at the standings. But I'm surprised how many people I talked to over the weekend that hadn't really been thinking of this. So maybe it's worth bringing up right now. If you look at the NFC standings, the Saints are number one. They're 8-2. and two. To me, they look like the st- tied for the second best team in football right now. With all due respect to the Steelers, who are 10-0, and I still think the Chiefs are the best team. And then I would have the, the Steelers and the Saints tied. But either way, in the NFC, the Saints do look like the best team. I will continue to say what I was saying last week. They don't look unbeatable. If you told me the Cardinals were going to play the Saints in a playoff game, I wouldn't be like, "Ah, oh, all right, I'll watch the first half, but then I got stuff to do." Like, no, I the Cardinals could win that game. But that's New Orleans is 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 the team to beat in the NFC. After that it goes Seattle, Green Bay. Those are your your right now your other two division winners and then the NFC East. Seriously, Philadelphia's 3-6 and 1 and they would not only be in the playoffs right now. They would host a playoff game. They're 3-6-1. and one. But that's why what, what is coming up here in these next six weeks is of particular importance to the Cardinals. Because you can view this as, you know, the team won five games last year. And they won two games the year before that. They just make the playoffs. I'm happy. Like, kind of. But also they have a quarterback that might be one of the best three or four in the league already. I would like to see them do something in the playoffs. If that makes me greedy, fine. I've been a sports fan in Arizona for the last 10 years. I get to make higher demands now. At six and four, the Cardinals are currently seventh. That's the last playoff team in the NFC behind them. You've got the bears who are five and five, but they look completely lost. And then there's a bit of a drop off. You get to the Vikings, the lions, the 49ers are all four and six, you know, so it looks like the Cardinals, if they, even if they just play 500 the rest of the way, they'll they'll make the playoffs. I think nine and seven would get you in. But wouldn't you rather instead of be lined up to play the Packers or the Seahawks in, in round one, wouldn't you rather get up to that top wild card spot where you would play the Eagles or potentially the Giants or Cowboys or a football team? So. That's why it, it, this, you know, obviously these next six games are pivotal for the developments of Kyler Murray. And, you know, you want to you want to see improvements heading into the playoffs and all that. But if you find yourself thinking at all like, oh, the game on Thursday would have been great to beat the Seahawks, certainly because, you know, I hate the Seahawks. I want the Cardinals to beat them, but they lost whatever. You know, got another one coming up. They lose to the Patriots, whatever. It's not. Do we really think the Bears or the Vikings are going to run them down? probably not as long as they play 500 well but if you can play better than 500 if you can get that top wild card spot i mean i would make the case right now having the top wild card spot is better than leading the nfc west i mean you can't ever think like that as a team but right now seattle is 7 and 3 And they would play either the Rams or Cardinals, depending what happens tonight. So let's just say, for the sake of this not becoming the most existential conversation of all time, where the Cardinals play themselves in the playoffs, let's say first place in the NFC West is playing the Rams right now. Top wild cards playing the Eagles. The Eagles look horrible. They looked like a team yesterday. I'm not even sure how they've won three games. So again, as a a team, as an organization... You can't go out there and be like, okay, let's pick and choose who we're going to play in the playoffs. Let's not win the division, but let's be the top wild card. Like that, that's not happening. That's, that, that's not even a realistic thought. But I'm just telling you, when you're watching these games, just remember, if the Cardinals don't win the division, well, yeah, that's frustrating. But you might be better off as long as you're the top wild card. Because the top wild card is going to play a horrible team. None of those teams in the NFC East are suddenly going to get good down the stretch. They've had 10 games. They are 3-6-1, 3-7, 3-7, and 3-7. And 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 Bear, if I told you the Cardinals were going to play one of those teams in the first round, which one of them would scare you the most? There isn't one, is there? Uh,
3: I, I guess I, by default, have to go with the Eagles. Yeah, I would have said that, too, until I watched them yesterday. Right, and you don't know how much longer they're going to go with Carson Wentz. Yeah. I was going to say... They're the only team in the division besides, I guess the Giants still are going with Daniel Jones, but they're the only team, like, going with a quote-unquote starting quarterback that you know is a starter in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still don't know what to think about Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I, I do think the Giants are actually the best team in that division now, which, to but, but, be clear, that's not saying anything, but... uh I don't know, just something to keep in mind here. I think to get that top wild card, you're going to have to win at least 10 games. You might even need to win 11, but there's a lot of value to getting it. Hey, we'll probably go around the NFL a few times on the show tonight to get to everything, but I want to start with the Joe Burrow news. Just an ugly play. He took the hit in the game against Washington yesterday and got carted off the field tweeted out it felt like he tweeted out like an hour later like i'll see you guys next year comes out today torn acl torn mcl and and more whatever that means just i'm not a bengals fan i don't even think i know any bengals fans but i feel like joe burrow like everybody was kind of enjoying his rookie season he was on pace to break like every rookie passing record If you watch the Bengals, you realize they don't give him any help at all on the offensive line. It feels like they all just turn and watch him run and and throw as best he can. And he was still putting up really good numbers. He's still fun to watch. So that was just kind of a downer yesterday when he got hurt. Multiple ligaments in his left knee, uh, torn ACL, MCL, and plus more knee damage. So they're saying that could take 9 to 12 months to come back. I mean that's pretty brutal that means he's not even guaranteed to be back at the start of next season. He's obviously, you know, new to the league, being a rookie, so it's not like he's as beat up. Everybody heals differently, so maybe he's uh maybe he's able to get back in in a shorter time frame I guess, but you start here in multiple ligament injuries in your knee and it was just it was such an ugly play and yet not like you ever want to see anybody hurt but that just that was that was brutal to watch Joe Burrow get hurt like that because he was was a fun storyline it was I was enjoying watching Burrow and Justin Herbert on Sundays and I wasn't enjoying Tua as much but that might just be because his first like real game came against the Cardinals I would have come around on Tua and I still will but now it's just I mean I would assume Justin Herbert wins rookie of the year at this point right he's not like his team is good, but he's he doesn't look like a rookie at all. It's it was, kind
3: of strange yesterday how all of a sudden they took Tua out of the game. Yeah, when they're fighting for the
1: playoffs and they weren't down by a lot, they were down by like ten points. It's very weird. Not they weren't playing the Chiefs or anything; they were playing Denver. It's yeah. Supposedly Tua will be back in next week, but there's your uh, your rookie races greatly uh, tarnished now with Joe Burrow out for the rest of this year and hopefully not uh, not much of next year. One other thing before we hit the break here. We're going to talk to Kellen Olsen in a second. And we'll get back to the NFL later on. But I mentioned the Saints, 8-2. and two. Bear, I know you know about this. But if you're playing fantasy football in an ESPN league, you can start Taysom Hill at tight end. Which I would assume they're going to fix. They've already they've already changed. Have it. they already fixed? They it? took okay. away his
3: tight end good, eligibility. Good. One of my the members of my league, which I am co commissioner of,
1: texted me. He's like, "This is
3: bullcrap. <laughs> I'm facing Taysom Hill and the guys flex.
1: Yeah, it's it's not right." And I told you, I so I'm in I'm in two ESPN leagues. One of them is our host league here. I don't have him there. I, I tried to pick him up in both leagues. Yeah, I'm in. I think was we, not successful. Uh, well, Bickley has had him for like two months what? In, in the host league. So more power to him. I picked up Hill in, in my other league. And I went back and forth on like the moral dilemma of should I start him? And I finally didn't start him at tight end. I started him at flex because I felt like that was at least less ridiculous. But mainly I just wanted him so nobody could start him against me. And I'm glad that they, he has pins fixing that because that would have been a major headache for everybody. It's one thing to lose your game in week 11 because you're facing Taysom Hill at tight end. If you lose your playoff game because you're facing Taysom Hill tight end, I mean, he had good quarterback numbers yesterday, so that would have been the height of absurdity. And by the way, the Saints switching quarterbacks doesn't even seem to matter. They're 6-0 in the last two years without Drew Brees. All right, when we come back, I mentioned it was a busy weekend for the Phoenix Suns. It has been a whirlwind of a past, what, eight days for the Phoenix Suns? Eight days ago, Chris Paul wasn't even on the Suns yet, so... A lot to go over, and the season's less than a month away. When we come back, we'll talk to our own Phoenix Suns guru, Kellen Olsen. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. 98.7 FM,
0: Arizona's sports station and the home of the Suns. Home of the Suns. We're checking in with Suns nerd,
1: Kellen Olson on The Rundown. All right, Kellen Olson calling in on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line tonight is the rundown. I'm Luke Lipinski. Kellen, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. I was making the point earlier in the show that you know for for the last few years I've been fairly critical of the Suns, and I think fairly so since they were averaging 22 wins a season there for a while. But I'm I'm fully on board with what they're doing right now. I completely buy into the the hype that this is a not just a playoff team, but like could be the five seed, could be the four seed. I really like what they're doing, just roster construction-wise. So I want to get your thoughts on that, and just what was your favorite thing that you saw them do over this weekend?
4: Um, My favorite thing is kind of it's copping out a bit to what you were saying. It's just the the way they went about their business. Um, They didn't really rush things on Friday. It was going to be a hectic day. Always was going to be a hectic day but we saw them operating as an over-the-cap team as opposed to an under-the-cap team, and we kind of saw why with the numbers that were going around for the likes of Davis Bertons, Jeremy Grant, uh, Danilo Gallinari, and so on. Those guys were way out of their price range, even if they would have gotten all their money out So, and like really tried to open up space. So uh, they remained patient, and a guy like Jay Crowder, who uh, the thing about being like a win-now team is that not every guy needs to be a perfect fit. You just need to have someone that, that kind of – it fits with what you do and and that's what jay crowder is and what they're trying to do is really the build up an identity and and it seems like they just want some hard-nosed guys some physical guys who are ready for playoff basketball all the moves they made kind of made it seem like they want to be a team that not only is a playoff team but like wants to win playoff basketball that's jay crowder that's each Moore, that's langston galloway it just seems like they want to add players who can compete at that level and are relied on at that level, and that's what they did. It was really, it's really been a fantastic job by them.
1: Yeah, let's. Uh, you mentioned Langston Galloway. That was the most recent addition to the team. What can you tell us about him and, and what he brings? I mean, decent numbers with the Pistons last year. Considering he's not going to have, I would assume, that big of a role for the Suns, but what does he do?
4: Yeah, Galloway is interesting because it's kind of a double down on Etuan Moore. I would just argue that Etuan Moore is, is a better version of Galloway. They're both not like the speediest or over, most overwhelming athletic guys as guards. They're kind of combos, not really point guards, not really big enough to be true shooting guards. But they both can score and they both can shoot. Uh, Etuan's just been more efficient over the course of his career, particularly as the catch-and-shoot guy. Etuan checked in at 43% for his last three seasons, which is an excellent number. Uh, Galloway is more around like 38 to 39%. But I think what this tells us is that despite that prototypical like uh, perfect third guard coming in, someone who can play off the ball with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but also run the offense, they couldn't quite get that guy with their situation. So instead, they bring in a couple of names and they bring back Javon Carter, which is is good to hear, quite honestly, because you're looking – You're looking at Cameron Payne as your backup point guard off of an A-game sample size of the bubble. And while he played really well, you just can't bank your full season on him, especially knowing that Chris Paul is probably going to miss some time at points with injuries and such. And his age just needing him to be maintained on a certain minute restriction as well, so he's fresh for the postseason. And now you've got three guards in, in Galloway, Moore, and Carter who kind of become that third guard. Like together they'd be that awesome third guard, but that's not necessarily how it works. I think it also is just an indication of point book is going to be way more of a thing. Monty Williams pretty much refused um, to let Devin Booker really run the offense. When he was out there with Javon Carter or Elliot Kobo or any of those guys last year, Carter and Kobo were pretty much bringing the ball up. We just never saw Devin really able or allowed to do that but now this seems like it's going to be a push in the direction of Langston Galloway or Etuan Moore or Carter they fit really well as the guard next to Booker or Paul while they run the offense and seems like that's the direction they're going in which in my opinion is a great move it just makes them a way more versatile and dangerous offensive team.
1: Talking to Kellen Olson, uh, Kellen when we did the draft show last Wednesday I I think uh, you were the same way I mean we're both kind of taken aback that they passed on a guy like Halliburton in the draft or for me I mean going up to the draft I just my thought was you've gone out there you've gotten Chris Paul now draft the point guard of the future that can learn behind him for the next couple of years but now that I've seen how they've constructed this whole team over the weekend I do feel better about the the draft pick of Jalen Smith I think I still would have gone after Halliburton or Kira Lewis or somebody or whatever but when you look at the at the point guard position now big picture not just this year with Chris Paul and it's nice that we don't really have to go big picture yet but I'm going to anyway because I'm used to it with this team. When you start looking two or three years down the line, are you comfortable with what they're going to be able to do at that position or are they going to have to draft somebody next year?
4: They'll either have to draft someone or sign someone, but what's been so encouraging through this process is that I didn't really expect each one more or and in Galloway's signings once they got their MLE fully spent because I thought those guys were going to be more expensive, honestly. Now you can find the right bargains in free agency based on your timing and, and what kind of player you're going after and the opportunity you're giving them and so on. But I think that in order for you to do that, you have to have a certain level of belief and buy-in from the player that they just like love your situation and love what you're doing. And I think it speaks to that. The Suns with Booker, with Monty Williams, with James Jones, and, and right now with Chris Paul, and maybe not in two, three years with Chris Paul, but right now they do, that they're going to have a lot of pull in free agency and just players are going to want to come play for them. Remember Chris Paul's, uh, tra- tra- trading for Chris Paul you, you, yes you were trading for him but Chris Paul basically picked Phoenix it was it was a almost a different co- type of free agency for him Brian Windhorst talked about that a lot how he kind of went through all of the teams that were interested or places he could theoretically go and he just wanted to play with Devin Booker that was pretty much all it was so uh, I think they will be able to find that point guard but I, I'm glad you brought up Halliburton because if you look at what Halliburton does so well offensively. He might not score the ball that well, but he really sets up his teammates and, and runs an offense well. And that's what this team is missing. And I still, uh, for me, I still look back on it the same. I still would have preferred Halliburton to be the pick. I think what Jalen Smith is going to do for this team next season could actually be, pre- be pretty great. But if you're looking at short-term and long-term, I think short term there's something there with Jalen Smith that uh, maybe Halliburton would have been able to bring right away, but like short and long term combination, I don't think it's close, and Halliburton should have been the pick.
1: Yeah, and, and part of the reason I'm with you on that is I just feel like you could get a a potential you know Jalen Smith type guy in free agency every other year or whatever. I don't know that you can get that point guard, but w- whatever. The move has been made. The team still looks decent anyway. And I want to ask you this. How important is Mikel Bridges to all of this working? You know what I mean? Like He is he is a guy that they had high expectations for when they got him in the draft a couple of years ago, and obviously he looked great in the bubble, and you're, it makes Kelly Oubre more expendable and everything. We're all just assuming, and, I, and I'm one of us that, that feels this way, I think Bridges is going to be great this year. But how important is this team's success hinging on Mikael Bridges being great this year?
4: It's an important part of the discussion, and once we're able to kind of zoom out and talk about this team in training camp and preseason, I think a lot of the conversation is going to hinge around him, Cameron Johnson, and, and DeAndre Ayton, because I, I think you're a playoff team if you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker healthy for the most part. It, it just The supporting cast would have to be really, really bad for that not to be a playoff team, but what this – team Really has in terms of potential and upside when you talk about maybe being a four or five seed is those three guys. But you have to remember, Mikel going into year three with DeAndre, and then Cameron Johnson is going into his second season. So you're going to need to see those guys not only bring the consistency that they, for the most part, had last season, but also they're going to need to improve. And for someone like I guess all three of them, really, because Mikel, you'll remember at the start of the season, he had issues with his shot and his confidence offensively, and he kind of fell out of the rotation. was only playing 10 to 15 minutes a night. Cameron Johnson just had to get in the rotation as a rookie, and then we know DeAndre Aiden's had his ups and downs through two seasons, so all three of those guys are really going to need to find some level of consistency, and then when they are playing at their highest level, how high is that level that they can reach? I think that really is going to define the upside of this team. It, it mostly has to do with DeAndre Ayton because his His development, I think, is a lot more important. I think Bridges and Johnson are going to bring what they bring. But, I mean, we've been kind of talking about for a while that there's a chance that Mikel really has some untapped offensive upside to his game. We saw a little bit more of that in the bubble. And if you just get something unexpected from him or Cam or even even DeAndre just taking, like, a bigger leap than maybe we could have even expected, then you're talking about a team that could win a playoff series, maybe even two, and, and really make some noise.
1: Uh, last one for you, Kellen, and again, appreciate the time. I know you've been busy all weekend with all this stuff and really all of last week. This is the important one. Can we still call them the Valley Boys if there's no Kelly Oubre because I'm torn on this?
4: Uh, no, okay. I think it should be dead. I don't, I don't think it should be a pivot to this fellas thing either. I'm The whole, the whole fellas thing is, is more of just a meme than anything on Twitter, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I think Valley Boys was a pure thing through Kelly. Um he's, he referred to himself as the original Valley Boy, which I think was a nice way of maybe inviting the team to keep using it. And I know they are coming out with those Valley jerseys and all the Valley merch that's really cool. And they would like for Valley Boys to be, be very much a thing. But I don't know, when, when I say Valley Boys, the first thing you think of isn't the Phoenix Suns, it's Kelly Oubre, and he's gone. So oh, 100%. Uh, I, I say no thank you to both if, if I have a say in the matter.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I know the pushback is, well, Aiton's one of the Valley boys too. I never, when I hear Valley boys, think DeAndre Aiton. I just think Kelly Oubre every time. Although, fully on board with them releasing the Valley jerseys, though. Anyway, that's, that's different. There's no boys written on there, and those jerseys are nice. Kellen Olson, great stuff as always, man. I am happy for you that you are now covering a team that should be making the playoffs and hopefully doing something when they get there. Thanks for the time.
4: I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, it's Kellen Olson joining us on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. Culture Cadillac Tempe, experience the difference. Visit CoulterCadillacTempe.com. dot com. Yeah, the the Valley jerseys are outstanding, and by all means, keep releasing stuff like that. But I, I just I'm not going to refer to the Suns as the Valley Boys now because that was that was a hundred percent in my mind. Kelly Oubre, and there were some other guys that were there, but that was part of uh, that was part of the. Kelly Oubre appeal to me was that he was so big on embracing the valley, and so if he's not here, huh, we need a different nickname. Even in the release video of the jerseys, he's the main guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least he had that. Well, and I mean, he's, it's not like he went to a bad team. Golden State could be uh, interesting. Although, did you see their? Have you seen their odds to win the title? No. Okay. I need to double-check this, but I've heard it from two people, so I'll double-check it during the break. But just give me your guess right now to win the title, Cody. This is the Golden State Warriors, a team uh, that had decent odds a week ago at this time. They have since lost Klay Thompson, but added I, Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman. So I'm not a, a, a gambler.
3: What what are considered decent odds?
1: Um I don't have them in front of me. I would assume the Lakers are probably like 3-1 to this year or 2-1 to okay. or something. I think the Suns, they I think I've seen the Suns at like 20-1, to and that's like 7th okay, best. Okay, I'll go Golden State 10-1. to Golden State is 100-1. Really? Like it, That, to me, Holy says crap. Clay Thompson was the entire team, and Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman mean nothing. I don't think Golden State's just done because Klay Thompson no, got hurt. No, Steph is there. Steph is Steph's there. Steph's still alive. Draymond, for all the crap he
3: gets, is a good player. Oubre? I, I think. Wiseman? <laughs> honestly, the key probably for Golden State is Andrew Wiggins. Oh, yeah. I always forget he's there. Yeah.
5: yeah. Uh-huh. I all think he forgets
3: he's there. Well, sometimes. That's,
1: that could be a problem. When we come back, we'll get back into the Cardinals matchup against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They are probably going to be on the wrong side of the coaching matchup this weekend. So, how do they make up for that? That's next. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
6: Oh, look what happens when I click on Dan Bickley's page at ArizonaSports.com. No pop-up ads all over the screen. And ArizonaSports.com is free, baby. Free.
0: Read Dan Bickley, the most provocative writer in Arizona sports history, exclusively at ArizonaSports.com. Free, baby! Tuesday.
7: We're the FBI. We always get our man.
0: From Dick Wolf, executive producer of Law & Order.
8: I just got a call. I want all hands on deck. Let's go. Let's go.
0: Their job. Can you tell me what happened? Is staying one step ahead.
8: Let's get some answers.
0: With Zico Zaki. FBI, take your hands off the wheel. And Missy paragraph Step away from the weapon. It's over. A new FBI, Tuesday at 9, 8 central on CBS.
8: This is the Dispatch Health House Call Team. Hi there. They provide urgent medical care in the comfort and privacy of your own home. And now, you can request a medical house call with the touch of a button. Yep, it's that easy. The Dispatch Health Team arrives at your door able to treat everything an urgent care can, and more. They come fully equipped with COVID-19 tests and can treat COVID-19 conditions in your home. They also treat a wide range of everyday issues, including respiratory infections like flu and pneumonia, migraines, dehydration, sprains, strains, and minor fractures. Plus, Dispatch Health is in network with most health insurance plans, including Medicare and Medicare Advantage. So the next time you're sick or injured, stay home, stay safe, and let Dispatch Health come to you. Do you have questions about getting a house call during the COVID-19 pandemic or want to sign up for your free account? Visit DispatchHealth.com. Again, that's DispatchHealth.com.
6: It is without question the most comfortable shirt I have in my closet. Wearing it, it's like wearing your most favorite broken-in T-shirt, except this is good enough to wear to the office ...or out to dinner. It's called Buttercloth, and I'm a huge fan. Dave Burns here. Buttercloth has made the casual dress shirt that feels just like a t-shirt. It's not stiff. It's not scratchy. I ordered my first Buttercloth shirt over the summer. I put it on, and I just knew yeah, I've got to get another one of these. So many choices and options, prints, solids, all with incredible attention to detail and fit, and I promise you, I'm really picky about stuff like that. I've personally recommended Buttercloth to a couple of friends of mine. They love it. i mean, one of the hosts of Shark Tank invested 250000 into their success. And now for a limited time, Buttercloth is offering our listeners up to 50% off your first purchase. Go to Buttercloth.com slash radio and the discount will be applied at checkout. That's Buttercloth.com slash radio and get up to 50% off your purchase.
5: This is Tom Scared for the Borgen Project. Each year, nearly two million children die from preventable diseases. Each day, 30,000 people die from hunger. 500 each hour are children. The Borgen Project is turning this around. We need your help. To learn more, go to borgenproject.org. That's B-O-R-G-E-N project.org. It's
2: The
0: Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
1: All right, we're back. Luke Lipinski here with you. It is the rundown on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Mike Evans just got in the end zone for the Buccaneers. So it is 7-6 Rams right now. I think Robert Woods had the touchdown for L.A. Tampa will line up to kick the extra point here. So keep an eye on that one. And then for the Cardinals, because played on Thursday, you get some extra time to prepare, and you're going to need that when you are facing the New England Patriots, specifically, and maybe more so than ever before, primarily because of Bill Belichick. I mean, the Patriots as a team right now have some issues. Cam Newton doesn't look like the same guy that he was when he was winning NFL MVP, and when he was the first overall pick in the draft. He just he doesn 't look like that guy consistently; he still makes some plays he can still do some damage, but uh he's just he 's not the same but where the Patriots have that advantage over pretty much every team they play is because they have Bill Belichick Cliff Kingsbury was asked today at his media availability what it 's like now to be lining up to coach against Bill Belichick.
5: I never um, expected to to be coaching against him, but um, you kind of said it I think if you just start to analyze what he knows and what I know, we'd be in trouble. Um, He's forgotten more football than I'll ever. Even try to comprehend, he's probably the one person in the NFL that could coach every position um, at an elite level, and and that's not an exaggeration. That's how much he knows about the game, and and so like I said, I'm honored to share the field with him and um, it's going to be a heck of a a challenge to go up there and try and and get a win.
1: Yeah, now don't forget Cliff Kingsbury, uh, what Cliff Attempted two passes in his NFL career. I think he was one for two. (laughs) But he was drafted by the Patriots in the sixth round back in 2003, so he has some ties to Belichick uh, and Brady. Of course, you know, Brady's not there. Brady's on TV right now throwing touchdown passes to Mike Evans, but... Cliff was asked, what did you learn from Brady while you were in New England?
5: Yeah, I mean, he was still the man, there's no doubt. I mean, everybody knew who he was, and he was he was a superstar. But um, uh, to me, just the consistency with which he operated each and every day, you know, every – part of his life was dedicated to being the best quarterback in the history of the game he already knew it then um where it was heading and it was the diet was already there and this is before people were doing all those things the diet and the work ethic and the film study and the post-practice work with the receivers I mean it was insane I'd never seen anything like it and um you know just to watch how it's all played out now there was really no doubt in his mind where it was heading and, and so to to be a spectator from afar and see where he took it it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch
1: yeah, that's what's crazy, because Cliff was drafted by the Patriots in 2003, and like I said, he only threw two passes in his NFL career, and they were both as a member of the Jets. But he's talking about Brady in 03 and 04. I mean, Brady, remember, got drafted in 99. He was a late pick, and they just showed it on the broadcast here. He ran, what, a five two six forty. 6'40"? He looked like they pulled an athletic fan out of the crowd and had them run the, uh, the, the 40-yard dash at the Combine. So to hear Kingsbury say, yeah, Brady was already setting his mind towards being the best ever back in 2003 and 2004. It's like that was, it was a lot of Super Bowl rings ago. Uh, more from Cliff, his time in New England, valuable to his coaching now.
5: Incredibly valuable. Uh, I learned probably more football in that short time than at any other you know, maybe stop along the way. Just when it comes to coaching and pertaining to to coaching and um, the work that's put in and the game planning and the preparation day in day out, I really got to see behind the scenes there, and um, it was phenomenal. I mean, around all those coaches that went on to be head coaches and won a bunch of Super Bowls, and and obviously um, getting to watch that Super Bowl um, was was phenomenal.
1: Yeah. So, however good you think cliff already is as a coach how good you think he can be as a coach how far you think he can take this team this is absolutely the student versus the teacher this weekend and the cardinals are going to be at a disadvantage there now maybe cliff can come up with something unique or creative that belichick hasn't seen or innovative for a week maybe get over on on the patriots but the biggest advantage the cardinals have over new england obviously Uh, On top of having Buda Baker in their secondary, whereas the Patriots' defense has been shaky this season. Is having Kyler Murray, and so the biggest thing is how is Kyler's shoulder? He's
5: working through it. We'll see how he feels tomorrow when we get out on the grass, and, and um, you know, see where we're at practice-wise. We need to make any adjustments, or, or if he can um, cut it loose. Yeah,
1: I don't want to be making any adjustments. I don't even like what the, the implication there would. It, would it, the adjustments better not be. I see anybody else play quarterback. I don't think they are. The adjustments better not be. We have to take some of Kyler's running plays out of it. No, none of that. We have to tell Kyler to not run as much when he's scrambling? No, I don't want any of that either. We saw that against the Seahawks on Thursday, and that did not work for me. I want 100% Kyler Murray. I understand he's not 100%, but I don't care. Like I said earlier, I've been a sports fan in Arizona for the last decade. I get to make higher demands now, and I want Kyler Murray back at 100% this weekend because the Cardinals are not the same team if he's limited at all when it comes to running. It's like night and day. I know it's a relatively small sample size, but I'm going by last year too when he takes off and he's a threat to put up 80, 90, a hundred rushing yards in the game. I mean, the Cardinals just don't lose those games, but when he is limited to 15 yards on the ground, like he was last weekend or last Thursday, I should say. And that wasn't because the Seahawks necessarily contained him. It's not like he had 12 carries for 15 yards. He just couldn't run as much. They're just, they're not nearly as effective on offense. I don't, I don't want to be making adjustments to my own offense the week I'm playing Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Okay, so over to ASU. As far as basketball goes, they were supposed to play Baylor, the 2K Empire Classic Tournament. ASU... I oh, don't know who it was. ASU, Baylor, Villanova, and Boston College. Baylor, by the way, number two in the country. So pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good first game to play for the Sun Devils, who are ranked 18th most polls I've seen. Uh, potentially the most talented team, top to bottom, that ASU has had in, what well, at least 10 years, maybe 20, maybe 30, really. You know, I understand they had James Harden on a team back then, but that's what I'm saying, top to bottom, not just not just one guy, but you, you start to go, you bring in Joshua Christopher, you already have Remy Martin, you've got some pieces that have have been here. Like this is a very talented team. They were looking forward to playing Baylor in the opener. Scott Drew gets uh, gets sick. He comes down. He's dealing with COVID. So the Baylor was going to have to do this without their coach. ASU was like, yeah, that's, I don't want to get involved there. And then Villanova also was like, because whoever wins the ASU-Baylor game is playing the winner of Villanova-Boston College, which is probably going to be Villanova. So they were like, yeah, it's not going to work. So Baylor's out. And as of, what, two hours ago, is now playing Rhode Island on Wednesday. Which is funny, because the other teams we had heard throughout the day where they could be playing... um UMass Lowell, that was interesting. Uh, Virginia, there's a pretty wide range there between UMass Lowell and Virginia, since Virginia just won the title, I think, the last time they awarded a title. And they're number four in the, uh, the nation. But now ASU is set to play Rhode Island. I believe, believe they've already left, or they're leaving today. And uh, so you have that to look forward to with ASU hoops. And then ASU football, I would say still up in the air. Uh, They have the game against Utah scheduled for Saturday. It's been pushed to Sunday. Haven't heard anything definitive that that's not going to happen, so we'll see. College sports, they're such a mess right now. They really, really
3: are. It's insane how discombobulated it all is right now. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) It just doesn't feel real. It doesn't. I I can't get into college football at all i really i just can't i haven't watched a single college football game outside of the asu usc game which is the only game they've played yeah i haven't watched another college football game
1: at all this year i tried i watched a little bit of oregon ucla on saturday this past saturday afternoon it was a good game oh i'm lying
3: i watched a good portion of the notre dame clemson game okay
1: but even that didn't have trevor lawrence right and then you have Clemson, Florida State. They were supposed to play. They're not going to play. Dabo Sweeney's, like, upset that they're not playing. They didn't play. Mike Norvell is like, hey, get over it. You're not a doctor. Like, it's just insane what this season has become. You're not my doctor. <laughs> Dr. You Dabo. You don't know anything. Dr. Dabo sounds like something that should be on Cartoon Network. Anyway, ASU hopefully will play their second game of the season this Sunday against Utah. Three days after Thanksgiving, which is normally the weekend they play U of A to wrap up their regular season, and it's like game twelve. It's just it's been an absolute debacle. And it's not necessarily anybody's fault. It's just where we are. And I do feel like we've we've missed out on college football this season. Certainly we have here. ASU's played one game. All right, we come back. Hour number two of the show starts with the reload. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: When you've got the Arizona Sports app on your phone, you've got all your favorite Arizona sports personalities live and on demand, so you can listen no matter where you are. Live streaming audio on the Arizona Sports app, presented by Ready Services Plumbing and Air
7: Conditioning. Big Red Monday is driven by Sanderson Ford. Cheer on the Red Sea this season while supporting the big guy in a red suit. <laughs> Donate now to Sanderson Ford and Sanderson Lincoln's Operation Santa Claus Charities for your chance to win a new F-150 SuperCrew truck or new Lincoln and luxury vehicle feed a family make a kid happy win a new car operation santa claus benefits saint mary's food bank military assistance mission southwest autism and research center special olympics arizona and chicanos por la calza visit give to
1: at cordell and cordell we focus on representing men in domestic relations cases attorney cpa joe cordell we recognize that our clients are going through perhaps the toughest time they will ever go through we understand that everything that's important to them is on the table, their assets, the role in their children's lives. That's an immense responsibility that our clients entrust us with, and we take that very seriously. We've been trained to do that. We've helped thousands of clients before, and it's our hope that you'll choose to entrust us
3: with what's most important to you. By the way, unless you're in Missouri or Illinois, I'm not licensed
0: in your state, but that's okay, our attorneys in your state are. Contact the domestic litigation firm of Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Phoenix area attorneys. A partner men can count on. 480-462-0650. Online at CordellCordell.com. That's CordellCordell.com. 6730 North Scottsdale Road, Suite 230, Scottsdale, Arizona 85253.
9: Have you still not refinance your mortgage? Well, soon you might be kicking yourself in the head. Rates are at historic lows. At the same time, Home values have gone up roughly 50% in the last several years. Maybe it's time to put that equity to work by paying off high-rate credit cards, personal loans, or remodel your house. Hi, I'm Wesley Hoagland with Westland Financial. Let us put you in a position to do any of these things with no closing costs. That's right. Nothing's rolled into your loan, whether it's conventional, FHA, or VA. We'll pay your title, settlement, lender, and recording fees. Maybe you just want to lock in a lower rate or refinance out of paying mortgage insurance. All it takes is a five-minute phone call to see how we can save you thousands of dollars a year. So call Westland at 888-455-3669. It's the biggest no-brainer in the history of mankind. Call us at 888 455 3669. 888 3669 That's eight 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 four five five. 3669 Westland Financial Corp is
0: licensed as an Arizona mortgage banker number BK0909316 NMLS 3304 not all loans apply equalizing lender
7: The Care Fund grants mortgage or rent to Arizona families facing serious illness or injury to their child Care Fund needs your support to keep local Arizona families in their homes parents should focus on caring for their ill child not worrying about paying their mortgage high hospital costs medical bills medication and long-term treatments can turn normal family finances into medical bankruptcy eviction foreclosure or even homelessness in an instant. When your child needs care, you need Care Fund. Please donate at thecarefund.org.
0: KMVP FM, Phoenix, ArizonaSports.com, The Arizona Sports app, 987 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. 987 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. Hour number two of the show, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass. Cody, before I even get into the reload, how is your fantasy team doing? Because there's a lot of stuff going on on this TV. So
3: far, it's good. Okay, I, I need the. Of course, as a Cardinals fan, I want the Buccaneers to win. But, but as I, long as Gronk does nothing, right now he has a catch for
1: 16 yards. I will say this: they uh, Brady has targeted Mike Evans seemingly more tonight good. than last week. No Gronk. He wasn't throwing to him at all before. Then they add Antonio Brown, and you're like, Mike Evans never getting the ball. Now he's getting the ball a lot. He has maybe
3: Mike Evans was just being like double teamed or guarded more heavily. Now that they have Antonio Brown,
1: less attention's yeah. being paid to him. I don't know. No, as, as I said last week, and it's it's a week worse now. I'm already sick of the Tom Brady Antonio Brown bromance and potential dynamic duo through the playoffs. They're
3: that annoying couple that you just wish would break up.
1: <sighs> and, and I Go like. Away. I like BA, obviously. I don't have anything against Tampa. I don't I don't need to see Antonio Brown and Tom Brady. Brady doesn't need another ring. And Antonio Brown doesn't need one either. Alright. Let's start with the Suns. That's where I was going to begin things. And I'm going to start with this clip from Kendrick Perkins.
2: The Phoenix Suns are a threat in the West. They're going to be a top five team. And Chris Paul. One of the best point guards to ever touch the basketball, going paired up with Devin Booker, who's one of the best scores in today's game, is going to be serious. You got Devin Booker who could go for 50 on any given night, and you give him Chris Paul and take him off the ball when he's going to be able to get easier baskets and not have to work as hard?
1: It is possible. I mean, Kendrick Perkins got pretty worked up there. Went on to say the Suns are going to be a, it could be in the Western Conference finals, basically play the role that Denver played this season. I'm not quite ready to put them there, but it is possible Devin Booker just goes off this year. And I know we look and we're like, okay, well, Devin Booker has been really good the last few years. Could he really hit like another level? Maybe not. I don't think he has to hit another level for the Suns to be a playoff team, to be potentially the sixth or fifth seed in the Western Conference. But we've never really seen him consistently play with a point guard. Rubio last year at times, and and Booker was better because of it, but not anybody like Chris Paul. So you look at what the, the, the depth chart is for the Suns right now. They finally have depth. They finally have, like, a legit starting rotation. They finally, they have pieces on the bench that are sort of specialized, like you'll bring this guy in to do this, or bring this guy in to do that, or whatever. And I, I mentioned it earlier with Kellen Olsen when he was on, and we talked about it on Wednesday, too. If it's me, I'm taking Tyrese Halliburton with the 10th pick in the draft. Or if I'm not, if I, if I don't like him for some reason, if the Suns specifically didn't like his game, I'm taking another point guard. Just because... as as much as Jalen Smith seems like a likable guy and I think he could help this team, so this is not a shot on Jalen Smith and this is not like writing him off by any means, I just feel like point guard down the line is a position they're going to need. But that said, I really like what they've done both leading up to the draft and since the draft. You have a rotation now. You have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton as your starting five. You have Cam Johnson essentially as your sixth man, but you also have... Dario Saric, you have Jalen Smith, you now have Langston Galloway, Etuan Moore, Javon Carter, Campaign. You've got a lot of pieces off the bench that aren't just guys that are going out there to eat eight minutes and do nothing. That's that, This is a good basketball team now. Emphasis on team. In years past, it was just Booker and then a couple other guys that would show up every every once in a while. On the one hand, I look and I'm like, it's crazy to me that people are now saying, oh, this team could challenge for the Western Conference title because they're essentially saying it simply because they added Chris Paul. Kendrick Perkins said that stuff before this weekend. It was because of the Chris Paul trade. And he's not the only one. Because, you know, you have to look at big picture. Yeah, you added Chris Paul. You did lose Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio in that trade. So while Chris Paul is better, is he that much better? that You go from missing the playoffs to might contend for the Western Conference. But it's these other pieces now. It's the addition of a guy like Jay Crowder. It's it's hopefully the the development and maturation of Cam Johnson and another year of Mikel Bridges. And DeAndre Ayton too, by the way. He's still got to get better, but I think he will. It's having now some depth at at guard with Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore and still having Javon Carter like this. There's depth on this team. This this is a dangerous basketball team. We can finally say that for the first time in five years and have it be real, not just be us trying to psych ourselves into something and trying to convince ourselves the situation is better than it is. The situation is actually very good. And James Jones deserves a lot of credit. Like I still, the the move to get rid of TJ Warren for nothing last year, I hated it and I still hate it, but big picture it's like James Jones bought a house and they were like, okay, tear it down make this your house and there was a there's a nice refrigerator like a year old that was TJ Warren and he threw it away but that wasn't the refrigerator that fit in James Jones house so he had to have total autonomy and he has and now we have a good basketball team here in town over to the NFL the Arizona Cardinals will be in Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots this upcoming Sunday Cliff Kingsbury coaching against the team that drafted him back in 2003 the Patriots are a team on the outside looking in in the AFC win or lose this weekend they're on the outside looking in but uh, if the Cardinals are able to go in there and, and knock them off and it's going to be tough because they're sort of fighting for their playoff lives that'd probably do it that would drop the Patriots to 4-7 and seven. Miami right now is 9th in the AFC and they're 6-4 and four and 9 doesn't get in. I mean, if you watched that Chiefs-Raiders game last night, very good game, very impressed by the Raiders considering they already beat the Chiefs once this year and then went out and played like that. The Raiders right now are the 7th seed in the AFC, and they're 6-4, and four. so the Patriots got their work cut out for them either way, but the Cardinals could essentially knock them out if they can get the win this weekend. And, of course, more importantly you put yourself back in position to maybe win the NFC West or at least climb up the NFC wild card standings because if you can get to that 5 seed which is the number 1 wild card you are playing a terrible football team in the first round of the playoffs you're playing whoever wins the NFC East and right now that is the Philadelphia Eagles who are 3-6 and 1 couldn't move the ball against Cleveland yesterday i understand it was raining it's rained during football games before they've won 2 of their last 6 games the Eagles have won two games since October 4th, and those wins were barely over the Giants by one because Daniel Jones fell and over the Cowboys. So, whoever you get coming out of the NFC East, it's not a first round bye, but it's basically a first round bye. ASU basketball was set to play Baylor on Wednesday, the starts of the uh, 2K Empire Classic tournament. Instead, they're going to play Rhode Island. Baylor had to withdraw because of COVID issues so ASU gets Rhode Island uh, Villanova and Boston College also involved in the tournament ASU football at least at this moment I haven't checked in the last 20 minutes maybe I should but uh, as of 20 minutes ago ASU football still on to play Utah though that could change Uh, the game would be on Sunday if it were to happen and Monday night football going on right now. I will give you the update. It looked like Leonard Fournette just got in the end zone for the Buccaneers. So it is 14 to 14-7. Tampa Bay has the lead. Uh, the Rams. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Who, who benched him this week? That's yeah, You know, that's not really important. I think it is. I think anybody that has relied on Leonard Fournette the last four weeks benched him this week. And that makes you a good person, whether it worked out for your fantasy team or not. Incidentally, Leonard Fournette has two carries for three yards. He's not exactly tearing it up tonight, but he does have a touchdown. Uh, Mike Evans has a touchdown. And for the Rams, Robert Woods has a touchdown. So it's 14-7 Tampa Bay, eight and a half to go in the second quarter there. It really depends on how you view this Cardinals season, who you want to win this game tonight. Right now, Tampa Bay is the five seed in the NFC. They're seven and three. L.A. is the 6th seed at 6-3, and three, and the Cardinals are the 7th seed at 6-4. and four. So these are the two teams directly in front of Arizona in the standings. If you feel confident this Cardinals team can make a run for the division, probably want Tampa to win, but that goes against everything I've been saying. Of it'd be really nice to just have that top wild card spot. I actually kind of want the Rams to win this game, I think, because the Cardinals still play the Rams twice. So... You're still in control of your own destiny within the division. And you don't fall that far behind Tampa for that top wild card spot. Because remember, even if Tampa gets into first place in that division, it's going to take a lot since New Orleans is 8-2. So if Tampa starts to open up a a lead between themselves and the Cardinals, it's going to be tough to get an opening round matchup with the Washington football team in the playoffs. Can you imagine, by the way, if things hold the way they are, New Orleans wins the uh, the NFC South, which is probably going to happen. They've already swept Tampa this year. Tampa gets the number one wild card, and it's Tampa at Washington in the first round or Tampa at Philadelphia or the Giants or Dallas. That's going to be the game. They're, the TV networks are going to be so torn because they're going to want to show Brady in primetime, but they're not going to want to show Daniel Jones in primetime. So that game's going to be on at, like, Saturday morning. That's the reload. When we come back. We're going to play a round of this or that. Next, it's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown with Luke Lipinski. I've always heard you have everything, guy and 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yes, the game show music from I don't know the '60s means it's time for a round of this or that. I'm very I'm very distracted by whatever's on one of the TVs in here. I, that seems to happen to me. It's not it's not the fantasy football meltdown that's happening on on the uh, the Buccaneers Rams TV. I don't know what's going on on this other one. That's as deep as I'm going to go into it, though. So wow, what a tease that is! That's it. It's. I can't it. see that TV. Oh, well, now you'll never know. Let's play around with this or that, Cody. The way this works, I'm going to give you two options. You just got to pick one. And you're going to do the same to me. We each have four scenarios we're going to throw out there. So I will begin by giving you something I've talked about on the show a few times tonight. You could either host a playoff game as the NFC West champions or play a road playoff game as a wild card but you get to play the team from the NFC East say that again So say it to me slower you <laughs> you win the NFC West you host a playoff game oh my gosh it's the same question I have, I have for you <laughs> I don't know how to answer the Rams just scored by the way Van Jefferson touchdown so probably going to be 14-14 in that game so it's either win the division host a team like the Rams or the Seahawks Uh, get the number one wild card visit Philadelphia or the Giants oh man well like you want to win the division
3: because it's just you 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 are the you get the title you get to say you won the division the NFC West especially is the toughest division in football so you'd have the those bragging rights that you beat all those other teams but honestly if To get a better advantage on playing playoff games you probably want the fifth seed you probably do because like you said guaranteed uh matchup with the winner of the nfc east which is just going to be whatever pile of garbage smells the least bad
1: (laughs) all the teams in that division have three wins it's terrible philadelphia is in first place because they tied cincinnati oh
3: you stole my question i'm sorry i'm upset no well, I'll move on to my second question okay. then. Uh, now that Joe Burrow is unfortunately out for the season after tearing almost every ligament in his knee, who do you think will win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Justin Herbert or Tua Tungavailoa? Or, I'll give you a third option, anyone else, the field. Um, I'll
1: say Herbert. I think, I think a lot of places had Herbert actually favored before Burrow got hurt. Now, I still think if Burrow just plays out the rest of the season the way he was playing that he would have ultimately won it. But I'll go with Herbert. hes It's not fair to him that the Chargers are as mediocre as they are. And even yesterday, like it, it they didn't just run away from the Jets like they probably should have, but Herbert has been really good. I know we've talked about this on the show before, but he's better in the NFL than he was in college. He was obviously very good in college. Oregon was very good when he was there. Oregon's very good now, even when he's not there. But he's 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 taken a whole other step once he hit this level, which is usually the sign of a guy that's going to have a lot of success. I'm not comparing him to this guy, but it's just fresh in my mind because they keep showing old Brady draft footage. Brady was, like, okay in college. He split time. He was barely, you know, an afterthought coming into the NFL, and now he's going to go down as one of the two or three greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, maybe the best ever not saying herbert's going down that path by any means he was a first round pick and all that so he's had expectations but it's i would be very encouraged if i was a chargers fan that herbert is getting better as he gets to the nfl okay in this scenario i'm telling you the chiefs aren't going to win the super bowl Right. Okay. So you get one of these two teams. I tell you one of these two teams wins the Super Bowl. Which one are you taking? Pittsburgh or New Orleans? Hmm. Those are the two teams behind. That technically is, Pittsburgh's ahead of. The Pittsburgh's 10 and 0. There yeah. Is Drew Brees healthy? Sure.
3: I'll take New Orleans. Okay. They have more weapons on offense, I feel like.
1: Does it matter if Drew Brees is healthy? To me, yeah. Okay. I'm not saying. I know that Taysom Hill had a good day yesterday, but I was blown away by the stat though that they were five and zero last year with Bridgewater, and now one and zero with with Taysom Hill. I mean, I yeah, if I was taking the Saints, I would I would want to have Drew Brees there too, but uh, I don't know, that team is that team is dangerous. Yeah.
3: All right, so we've made it through the NBA draft, the start of free agency. And Russell Westbrook and James Harden are still on the Houston Rockets. <laughs> so I'll ask you, which guy will get traded first, Harden or Westbrook?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'll go with Harden. Yeah, I'll go with Harden. Uh, to me, he's more likely to force his way out. He would certainly be easier to trade, although... So they essentially built that team around him and so if he forces his way out and lets it be known he only wants to go to brooklyn that's really really kind of screwing them over because he kills all his trade value they built the team around him i mean that's the reality that the nba is in 2020 and yeah and as, I get far,
3: that. as far as i know westbrook hasn't said i want to go here he just doesn't want to be in houston anymore yeah.
1: so maybe you know maybe that would be a case that he would be the easier one to trade because you've got 29 other teams that would probably be interested on some level I'll go with Harden I guess, but that's that's a good question. Here, this is going to be a complicated one. You ready? That's not okay. that complicated, but oh, it's oh. this one's out okay. there. <laughs> I, I just I wanted to stir up some discussion here. All right. You get one of these two duos, but you have to have them for the next 5 years. Okay. This is basketball. Okay. DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. You got to have them for the next 5 years. James Wiseman and Kelly Oubre.
3: The next five, ooh, five years, because Chris Paul's old. Hmm. Like, I think it's... Well,
1: I'll let you answer before I give you my thoughts.
3: I think you'd still say Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, right? Like, you don't exactly know what James Wiseman's going to be in the NBA, and Kelly is a good player, but I don't know. I, yeah. I... Oh, that's tough. Uh, you, I think that's that's a tough question. That in five years, Chris Paul will be what forty one, yeah, forty two.
1: Yeah, the mm. only the only reason I ask it is just for the sake, more so, of conversation. I'm with you. I think you you'd still go Aiton and Chris Paul because you know what you're getting in Aiton, and you know, what, and Paul's the best player out of all four of those guys. So you'd have at least two, maybe three, really good years there. But it is interesting to me that so many people, as I said earlier, are writing Golden State off because Wiseman was the number two pick in this draft. Aiton was number one a couple years ago. And Wiseman might be very good. And Oubre, I just, I think that, I don't even think Golden State fans fully appreciate what they're getting uh, in him. So we'll see. But yeah, I think that one has a correct answer. I think it's still Aiton and Chris Paul. But five years from now, I don't know. All right. My last question since you stole my first one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) is going to stick with basketball. This is basketball heavy. This or that. Uh, NBA training camp's opening up in the not-too-distant future. The Suns have made a lot of moves. They've added Chris Paul, who we just mentioned. Uh, they've added Jay Crowder. They drafted Jalen Smith. So looking at this team on paper, do you think they make the playoffs easily or just miss the playoffs? Those are the only two options. No just make it. No lose by a lot. I think, I think they- they're more likely to make the playoffs Easily or just miss it?
1: I think they make it uh, fairly, yeah, fairly easily. I think they're it's a tough the question.
3: Playoffs. I know because they haven't played any. They haven't played any minutes together yet.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just because I, I. mean, I could see that they could make the playoffs with the way the West is stacked, and they could be the sixth seed or something, and still only make it by like three games, right? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to remember. It was pretty close last year, and then last year's kind of thrown off because of the the bubble and everything. But like. Portland ended up being the eighth seed. Phoenix finished a half game behind them and missed the playoffs. And Memphis was in there between them. San Antonio was only a game back of Phoenix and missed the playoffs by a few teams. They were a Brooklyn Nets win, one shot. They were a Karras LeVert yes. We had a great game that night, but it, one shot yeah. from making it to the playoffs. Yep, yep. And then it all would have been different. Um, you know, I think they're I think they're going to make it relatively easily. To be honest, I think they're going to be like the five or six seed. Uh, okay, last one for you. Okay, Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> or Christmas dinner? Thanksgiving, really? No hesitation at all. Yeah,
3: Christmas. I don't know. It's <laughs> is there stuffing at Christmas <laughs> dinner? Because I feel like you don't there really make be. stuffing with like ham, and ham is the traditional like Christmas meat that you eat for dinner. Whereas stuffing and turkey always go together, I feel like. And I love stuffing.
1: So this all comes down to stuffing for you? Yes. That's my favorite Thanksgiving <laughs> food. So making the decision between Christmas and Thanksgiving, it's all down to the stuffing. Hey, man. That's, uh, that's fair.
3: I, I do. I, 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 and Thanksgiving is like... It's all about the food. Yeah, man. Yeah. And football. Yeah. I mean, it has nothing to do with the food, but it's, there's football. There should be a I great feel like game Thanksgiving, on Thursday too. Yeah, I feel like Thanksgiving's way more like laid back and relaxed. Yeah. Christmas, you're kind of like, okay, I, uh, especially when you're younger. I, I got up at 5 a.m. this morning to open up presents.
1: I could see Thanksgiving's being fairly tense this yeah. year, but, uh, well, uh, <laughs> but yeah. in general, I'm with you. Uh, Steelers-Ravens, we should mention, what is it, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are, I don't think they've been ruled out actually yet have that i don't
3: think so but they both
1: tested positive for COVID 19 yeah and that game and they play in two days days. yeah three days so pittsburgh going for 11 and 0 baltimore baltimore is on the outside looking in in the playoffs right now which (sighs) i don't understand how that's possible lamar jackson has not been good this
3: year no he has not luke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no he has
1: not but they are in a three-way tie with the Raiders who I do think are good mm-hmm. and Miami who I do think is decent at six and four for that seventh uh, playoff spot and like teams in front of them are Cleveland and Tennessee and Indianapolis I keep waiting for Cleveland to drop off but Cleveland doesn't ever play anybody it doesn't feel like <laughs> so maybe they're not gonna drop off and Nick Chubb by the way as far as just pure running backs in the NFL just 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 like not a receiving back. Just Nick Chubb when he just runs. It feels like he just steamrolls a 40-yard run every game. He did it again yesterday. So I Did would he run
3: out of bounds at the one yesterday again? He did not, but I thought That's about that.
1: Good. All right, that was this or that. We come back. We're going to hear from Cliff Kingsbury as the Cardinals draw closer to their matchup with the New England Patriots this weekend. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.
0: This is The Rundown, hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM, Arizona's
1: Sports Station. Final segment of the show. This one flew by tonight. You get to this time of year when you've got a football team that should be in the playoffs and an NBA team that now looks like a playoff contender, and all of a sudden there's a lot to talk about. Let's get back to the Suns here for a few moments. Now looking at the starting rotation, in case you have just kind of been piecing it together. Maybe you've had other stuff going on this weekend. You've heard bits and pieces of what they have managed to put together uh, with the Chris Paul trade and the, the draft pick with Jalen Smith. And you know, you've know you heard the names, but you haven't had a chance to sit down and see what the actual lineup looks like. Well, you're now looking at a starting lineup, most likely of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikkel Bridges, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton. You've got a lot. You've, you basically go too deep at every position and you've got specialists that you can kind of bring in to do one thing in one game or you can have somebody else come in to do something else in a different game depending on who you're playing. So Monty Williams has a lot more flexibility than he had in year one. And by the way, remember Monty Williams as coach is a pretty big part of this equation. But outside of that starting five, you've got Cam Johnson probably as your sixth man. You have Dario Sharich. Now you have Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore, Jalen Smith, Campaign, Javon Carter. It's Damian Jones. It's a it's a pretty deep team, and yet the Jay Crowder move to me is is the one I like the most from over this weekend. And I understand that Galloway and Moore uh, have very specific value, although Crowder may very well start. And it's it's not, like he's, it's not like Jay Crowder is some all-star that's going to come in and, and completely alter the, the course of the NBA this season. But you're talking about a tough guy, one of the toughest in the NBA. And not that the Suns weren't tough, but you yeah, could use some more toughness. Now you've added Jay Crowder and Chris Paul. Not bad. So now you have, you have that mixed into your lineup. He's played in 72 playoff games. He was just in the NBA Finals like a month and a half ago. So he's played 72 playoff games in his career, which started in 2012. Chris Paul has played 92 since 2010, which is the last time the Suns were in the playoffs. Just from those two guys, you've added 164 games of playoff experience since the last time you were in the playoffs. I mean, Chris Paul has actually been in more playoff games, but I'm just saying since the last time the Suns were in the postseason. So you add that, and I, I really like the addition of Jay Crowder, but what it, it kind of reinforces to me Is why you make the Chris Paul trade and why at some point you have to go for it. How many times over the last four years, let's say, have there been rumors out there of, oh, you know, maybe the Suns could get this guy if they wanted to? But they'd have to give up this, or they'd have to give up that and and you know there was we were divided on this. I mean, a lot of times it was like, well, that doesn't fit in with the timeline. Remember the timeline? I hated the timeline. I'm so glad that I have a shirt Ugh. that
3: says the timeline on it, yeah, and it has the silhouettes of I'm pretty sure everyone there besides Booker is gone. The silhouettes of devin Booker, Tyler Uless, Ugh. Josh Jackson, uh. Dragon Bender, and Marquise Chris. <laughs> it's still in my closet. That's, this started as laughter, but it's going to turn
1: into tears of sadness. It was a Great cool push shirt push. at the time, though. Uh, it well, still
3: kind of is a cool shirt. But... I,
1: I feel like you have to do something with that shirt when they make the playoffs. Burn it? Possibly. <laughs> so you got to do something with it. Goodbye, old memories. But there were all these different times where it's like, well, we don't want to trade this guy for this guy because he doesn't fit in the timeline. Or there was that stretch where I can safely say I was not on board this train. But there were, and I don't blame anybody for this, but there were plenty of Suns fans that were on the, no, Josh Jackson can't be traded. He's going to be better than all these guys we're talking about in the future. Well, if he is, it's going to be for Detroit or in an adult basketball league somewhere in your city. So there was a lot of back and forth over the last few years of when do you go for it? When do you just kind of hold your cards and, and wait and wait? Well, the sons have decided now is the time to go for it. And the Jay Crowder signing, the reason that sort of triggered this thought in my mind is you can go out there and you can sign a Jay Crowder. You can sign a, I know they already have Dario Saric, but you can sign guys like that. You you have to go out and eventually make a trade for a game-changing piece like Chris Paul. I'm confident Chris Paul will be a game-changer this year for the Suns. I'm hopeful he will be in the 21-22 season as well. Beyond that, I don't know. I mean, you're asking a lot of a point guard to be great at age 38 in the NBA. But you have to make a trade for a guy like that. But the thing is, yeah, you gave up Oubre, who I like, and yeah, you gave up Rubio, who I like. But you can kind of replace Oubre with the thought that he was probably going to leave anyway by adding a Jay Crowder and re-signing Sharich and, and Cam Johnson developing and adding Etwan Moore and Langston Galloway. And different guys are going to have to do different things. But you, the point is you can add guys like that to fill out your team. And you got to be intelligent about it. And you got to add guys that want to be here and that fit what you're trying to do specifically. But you can't go out and sign a Chris Paul in free agency. And you know what? You can't go out and sign a Devin Booker in free agency either. So at a certain point, you do got to go for it for him. I know everybody laughs now, and they're like, can you believe people were saying Devin Booker wanted to leave three weeks ago? Okay. I don't think he wanted to leave three weeks ago. But if they didn't do anything, he probably would have wanted to leave in a year or two. He would have at least had the thought, everybody else in the NBA does it. Now you're giving him a chance to make the playoffs. I don't think he's going to want to leave. Um... I don't. Know, it's it's a great time to be excited about this team. Finally, if you are into this, well, you deserve it because you've waited ten years. <laughs> Second half has begun in Tampa Bay, and it looks like Jared Goff just threw an interception. He did. So Tampa Bay football trailing seventeen to fourteen. There. Some of the other games around the NFL. Did you watch the Chiefs game last night, Cody? No, uh, parts of it. I think I watched the first half. So I think it was a minute 34. You could see it. So the Raiders go up, and and give the Raiders credit, because they've already beat the Chiefs once this year, and Patrick Mahomes has thrown two interceptions all season. They've both been to the Raiders. The Raiders go up by three with a minute and a half left, basically. And Derek Carr, like, barely even celebrates And then they just keep showing him on the sidelines, looking more and more miserable. (laughs) It was all over social media last night. As he and everybody else knows, Patrick Mahomes is going to march the Chiefs right down the field. And probably even if field goal is not enough, he's going to want the touchdown. And they promptly got that, almost instantly. I don't understand how a team like the Raiders, that is a pretty good football team, and played pretty good defense most of the night, let Travis Kelsey get open in such a way where there was 15 yards of nothing on him on every direction. North, south, east, west. When when Travis Kelsey got the winning touchdown, there's not another player in the screen. But just a reminder of, we, we, we discuss this a lot with Kyler Murray. We discuss it with you know, being in the Seahawks division with Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers having a really good year. All these guys, are they in the MVP conversation? Yeah, sure but none of them are going to win it. Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP this season. His numbers are unbelievable. The Chiefs are 9-1 and one now, and he's, uh, not, he's not 100% of the reason why, but he's obviously the driving force behind it. His touchdown-to-interception ratio, do you know this off the top of your head? It's 27-2. to two. <laughs> Like, come on. The two interceptions, as I said, have both been to the Raiders this season. Yeah. It's uh it's in the bag. The the MVP goes to Patrick Mahomes. It's fun to watch as long as you're not a fan of the team they're playing. It was almost anticlimactic last night though, because you can't fault the Raiders. They had to get in the end zone. They couldn't they couldn't play around and risk not scoring. But once they did, you're just like, Oh yeah, he's gonna come right down and score. And he did, because he's Patrick Mahomes. And it, it wasn't uh it didn't even look like it was a challenge for him, to be quite honest. So there was that. And then I should mention, at least, that the Steelers, I can't remember the last time a team went 10-0 and and flew under the radar the way Pittsburgh has, but, uh, but they are. They hammered Jacksonville yesterday to go to 10-0. and Got a 27-3 win there. Uh, they will play Baltimore on Thursday night, and J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram have both been ruled out. They both tested positive for COVID today. Baltimore playing for their playoff lives. The Steelers trying to go 11-0. and 0. And if they do that, they've got Washington after that. Okay, Buffalo's tough. Cincinnati minus Joe Burrow. Indianapolis is tough. And Cleveland. I mean, if they beat Baltimore on on Thanksgiving, we may be able to have a conversation about them at least having a shot at 16-0. and 0. I would kind of think Baltimore would end that. This week, except if Baltimore doesn't have a running back, that's going to be kind of tough. So we, uh, we'll see. But um, keep an eye on that, certainly, on Thursday night. That should be the best uh, football game of the weekend. And as I mentioned earlier, the Saints just looking, looking borderline unstoppable right now. And even when they bring in Taysom Hill to play quarterback or tight end in your ESPN Fantasy League for one glorious week, um, doesn't seem to slow them down. In fact, they were just as effective on offense, if not more effective. All right, it's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks to Cody Fincher behind the glass. Thanks to you for listening. I'm trying to get you to the Rams-Buccaneers score at 17-17. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been the Rundown on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.